Hello, hello, beautiful people, mi gente bella. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Santana Says, where we talk about everything from Roblox to relationships, everything in between, and the overall journey of life. I'm excited, as always, to bring you another edition of the show, but also another wonderful guest. So whenever we have the chance to have a conversation and I get to share the couch with someone else, I'm always super excited. But also, here's the thing. So I know y'all been seeing a lot of, like, women on this stage, and I appreciate that because, you know, as a woman, you know, I'm always going to shout out my fellow, you know what I'm saying? women and all that um but we are gonna switch it up we're gonna get some male energy up in here so i appreciate <laughs> edward for switching that up for us and being the first but here's the thing so i'm like super pumped and i get to brag so this is actually one of my babies yes we go way back so i used to work at this wonderful organization known as esperanza and when i was there is actually where i met some one of my mentees and the cool thing is we clearly hit it off and he has not gotten rid of me y'all i am still around mm-hmm. So I am like super happy. Um, but of course, I would also love for you to tell the good people more about the story and all that. But I'm super pumped, y'all. So y'all getting a double. You know what I'm saying? Our first male guest, but also somebody that I go way back with. So I am super excited about it. Um, y'all know me as always. So with that, um, well, I always say Edward, but if you would love to introduce the wonderful people to who you are, who are you, what you do, mm-hmm. what brought you, you know what I'm saying, to with us. Yeah. So my name is Edward Valentin Lugo. I am a Cleveland-based artist. Uh, I am currently working as the marketing and communications manager at the Center for Arts Inspired Learning, and I'm just glad to be here on the show. Whoop, whoop. We are glad <laughs> to have you, sir. I know you go by Ed. Yeah, so I go by that's Ed. the thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Let's be Definitely clear. I go by Ed. But I always, you know, I'm always like extend people's names. So yeah, y'all got that. But also, I think did you add that you're a graduate of the Cleveland Institute? Oh of Art? yeah, yeah, yeah. I also I'm a 2019 graduate of the Cleveland Institute of Art with a double major in drawing and printmaking. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, big deal. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Little small thing, y'all. I don't think y'all understand. So for those who ain't from Cleveland, because I know we get viewers, I mean, or, and listeners from all over, y'all, Cleveland Institute, of Heart, Cleveland Institute of Art is super hard to get into, okay? So in Cleveland, this was a big deal. And like, so for you to even be able to get in there, be considered, but then also graduate, like, I know that wasn't no small thing. So, I mean, could you let the good people know what all it took to even get into that school and like what that experience was even like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that journey definitely starts with you and the good people at Esperanza because I wouldn't have not been able to get into the Cleveland Institute of Art if it was not for the people that I was engaging with at Esperanza Inc. So, um, at least for myself, I, I think it really started with mentorship at Esperanza. I was a senior, in, or sorry, a sophomore in high school. Um, so, around that time um, at Esperanza, they're having conversations with us students about what does it look like, what does life look like after high school? What, what, what are you thinking about um, with regards to post-secondary education? What um, careers are you interested in? And so... Um, I naturally had a meeting with um, a, a past staff member that worked there at the time with Esperanza Rin called Elaine Suarez. Um, she still shout goes by Elaine Suarez. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Elaine. Hey, girl. Um, Future so guest. She Future did guest. a um, <laughs> a, a um, interview with me, uh, an intake, so to speak, um, and they uh, naturally had an inkling and interest in the arts. I mean, growing up in Cleveland, I was just like an anime kid. You know, I just play video games, watch anime, grew up watching Naruto. So um, that was sort of my niche. That was my interest. And we there was a staff member that worked at Esperanza called Martinez Garcia's. And um, he was also a graduate of the Cleveland Institute of Art. 
um, with a bachelor's in painting, if I'm if I remember correctly. And yes, so yes. Um, by the time that I um, got to senior year in high school at Esperanza, um, Martinez was having a lot of conversations about identity politics. Um, what does it mean to be at that time, you know, with the majority of the students being of Puerto Rican descent, yep. um, black African-American descent. Um, and so, you know, I, I, he was just sort of asking like the students, you know, what does it mean to be you? What is your history? Um, what, what, what place do you have in society and in the mm. community? And, you know, where do you see yourself taking that when you go graduate high school and go into college and, right. um, uh, he would see me do, you know, write notes and do doodles in my pad. And so, um, one time he just was taking a look at some of the comics that I was doing and he was like, you think like an artist, mm -hmm. uh, you, you should go to art school. And so that was our first relationship, I think, where he inspired me as a mentor to pursue the arts because for the longest i mean i was having these conversations about college i was right. you know with melissa going to saturday academy um and visiting <laughs> these different college campuses but nothing was really clicking for me right. um at least career-wise it's not that i wasn't enjoying or taking away the importance of filling out your fafsa on time and applying right. to colleges and universities and getting a good score on your act but um you know, it just, I didn't, I didn't really know what I, I wanted to go into. Like most students that are graduating high school and are, are introducing into the world of college and universities and um, ACT scores. And it can be very scary and daunting, you know, imposter syndrome can sick in. Am I worthy enough? Can I get in? Will I succeed? Uh, a plethora yes. of different things. Uh, leaving family if you're deciding to go, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. out of state or, or out of the country. Um, but he pushed me to, 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 um, to go to CIA. Uh, I um, worked with him very uh, intensely, probably the, the hardest I've ever worked to create a portfolio mm -hmm. to get uh, to uh, submit my application for the Cleveland Institute of Art. So to your question, you know, how, how difficult it is, at least for a freshman, a freshman incoming students, you have to develop a portfolio. Um, I think you had to score a 21 or higher in your ACT with a 3.0 GPA, GPA Grade point average or higher. Yep. Um, it is a private college institution. Um, not your everyday uh, traditional uh, college or, or post-secondary institution in that once you get in, you aren't introduced with your like your basic prerequisite courses like your maths, your your sciences, um, your psychs. You're more introduced to, to more of your liberal arts classes like um, art history, um, uh, writing and inquiry courses, um, lots of theory-based courses and classes, things that make you understand and interpret art through a historical and theoretical lens. Mm. How it, how, how historically art is a depiction of our culture and our history, and how has that changed and influenced people from history to present time. So sometimes it could be really oh, convoluted yeah. and confusing because it could go from caveman paintings to Jackson Pollock and sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't make sense but they right. cram it in and that's that's art history class <laughs> but that's just one side you know then there is the side of studio work where you know you are um, finding your interests and in making work ultimately to be put in a gallery setting and to see how you know you can have different audiences engage look at your work and right. um, you know ultimately make a living off of that so 
Whoa. Yeah, I know. I maybe have stepped away a little bit all over the place, but nah, yeah. uh-uh. you was right on exactly what I wanted cool. to talk about. Yep. <laughs> no, but wow. Okay, yeah. so hello. Can we kudos to that? Yeah, because maybe. like, goodness gracious. So you had to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, figure all that out and then be in this competitive environment too. So like, you mentioned, you know, that it was like this private institution. I also love that. Hello, can we also shout out Martinez? Hey, Martinez. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, because he really is Come a back to Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Where you at, player? Um, but definitely, like, I agree. It was definitely him fostering those. I remember that when I was there. You know what I mean? I loved that, you know, and shout out to the whole crew because, like, we said, Elaine, we see you too, girl. But it was just a great time. We were always like cultivating these different kind of conversations. And I remember we've talked about Saturday Academy, y'all, was this like college post secondary program it was essentially we would go every Saturday to like different colleges and you know check them out and for some this was like the first time they had ever stepped foot on a college campus you know maybe had not had that opportunity um for others it was just a reminder of like this is what you can like hopefully access and all that but I always pride myself on the fact that I had the most diverse you know what I'm saying group I loved it so like mm-hmm. Esperanza definitely helps a lot of like Latino students which I love and I'm all about, like, you know, seeing more Latinos advance and take advantage of post-secondary options. But I love that we got a whole little mix of everybody. <laughs> so we had students, like you mentioned, you know, some were just straight up black. You know what I'm saying? We had we had a couple mm-hmm. white students, too. Yeah, yeah we had, like, yeah, literally yeah. the whole little melting pot up yeah. in our crew. And so I loved it, though, because we would always have different perspectives. So mm-hmm. the students, and, you know, students are going to, like, we talk about, they're going to give it to you straight. You know what I mean? We had some pretty um, intense conversations. And I love that because, like you were saying, if you're already in the place where you're trying to form your identity figure out who you are which is hard to do in high school because you know we trying to see you know i'm still trying to figure out who i am so let alone in high school i knew very less about Mm -hmm. that you know what that is it was great that we saw that from different viewpoints Mm -hmm. so you know i did love how we were able to do that but you mentioned though that you know a lot of them are also from puerto rican descent and again for those reminder i'm proud puerto rican you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying all day every day um but you were also puerto rican you know and Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? What's up? And so I get to cheat and say, I know that you also got to um, share a lot when you were at CIA and beyond, Mm -hmm. you know, about your Puerto Rican identity. How do you feel like, you know, what have you learned about that? You know what I mean? And like, where are you in that, you know, journey with that identity formation? Um, I at least uh, at CIA, I learned a lot about. um, Everything has an intention, Mm. I think, with art. Yes. Um, but also anyone can come up with their own interpretations by what they're seeing. So, you know, there is, you know, the intention of the artist. Yep. You know, there's also the opportunity of having a cold read, which a cold read is to just look and interpret it artwork without any sort of historical or any sort of theoretical context that you may have when you gaze upon and look at an artwork. I mean, you know, you meditate, do whatever it is you want to do. Right. That being said, I, I, learned that a lot of things had intentions Mm. and when i was in school i uh i i wanted to know how i can make work that talks about my personal discovery and what it means to be puerto rican Mm. for me that started at the time i met um a peer of mine that actually went with me to uh, lincoln west high school um she also was in conversations with uh, Martinez. She, I think, also was in Esperanza as well. I, I don't think I remember her participating really heavily in the after high, after school high school program, but I do remember her working over the summer. Dorothy, you remember Dorothy? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Super. Oh yeah, Dorothy. <laughs> oh my god, I was wondering. I was like, who are we talking about? Dorothy. Yes, yes I remember that girl. Dorothy done blew up. Her. Shout out to Dorothy if she's listening from Puerto Rico. If I 
remember correctly, I think it was Dorothy that introduced me to a book called War Against All Puerto Ricans. Mm. I can't remember if it was Dorothy or if it was you. It was one of the, it was either you or oh, Dorothy. Okay, well, yeah, we're going to shout out to Dorothy because I actually, I discovered the War Against Puerto Ricans book as an adult. So okay. like, I mean, later into my yeah. year. So I just got it recently. So that was probably her. Yeah. So, yeah shout out to her. I, I, I was a freshman and it wasn't too long after me beginning to read the book that then you and I were talking about Oscar Absolutely. Lopez Rivera and then yes. we went to, uh, was a Spanish Harlem to go protest um, yep. for his uh, release. And so I was sort of uncovering this sort of history, you know, um, growing up in school when no one's really talking about Puerto Rican history or what it means to be a colony still of the United States, one of the oldest and long and, and still standing colonies of the United States, you know, being born on the island, my parents um, coming to the U.S. for more um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, access to healthcare okay, yeah. and opportunities as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. But the main was access to healthcare. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you go, when I was growing up in school, no one's really talking about what it means to be Puerto Rican. How does that transfer to my work and my experience in the Cleveland Institute of Art? I began reading this book, and I started to make work that um, is sort of a documentation of what I'm learning. Mm -hmm from 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 what i'm consuming in this book um and i remember very vividly a critique that i had once i got into my sophomore year into the cleveland institute of art which first i'll preface in saying your freshman year at cia you're doing your foundation courses your early art history courses your early designs uh courses your early figure drawing course uh, courses electives. um electives uh you aren't really doing anything in depth with regard to your own personal body of work. You can, but it wasn't really a requirement from our professors. By the time that you're in your in your sophomore year, once you get accepted into your major, then you can start um, more intently having those types of conversations and making work and inviting people into your studio and, and so on and so forth. So I remember a critique that I had or a critique that I was having in, uh, I can't remember the name of the class, but it was a class with w one of me and Aziz's professors. His name was Mike Myers. Um, and it was a piece that I had made. I, I did like a water, a 32 by 22 watercolor drawing of Puerto Rico. Uh -huh. It was like a geographical um, sort of like map if you were to like find it on a globe on a flat surface. And then I took a projection and projected the Puerto Rican flag over it. Mm -hmm. And then I remember reading a passage from War Against All Puerto Ricans as a way to give my peers context to mm -hmm. sort of say, this is the work that I'm, th this is the book that I'm reading and this is the piece that was born out of that work. And I remember expecting uh, some level of engagement from mm. which also to say CIA is a predominantly white school. Um, it, I think the main person who was uh, having a, a genuine conversation with me was my professor. I can't really remember what he said exactly, except I do know and felt the feeling of validation and to keep pursuing this type of work. I do remember just feeling silence and feeling awkward. Yeah, I remember that day vividly. Yeah, it just felt very awkward. It felt that I think began the the sort of domino effect of how I've been received from some professors, from some of my students while at school there, where it just had this sort of awkward battle of students not engaging with the work, some of them 
would just say that they can't because they don't have the historical context or some would just say that it's just not accessible. I remember sometimes being pissed and would make the titles of my work in Spanish and was like, Google sir, Google translate that shit. But, you know, um, it, it, it just, it, it, not to say that the institution at CIA is a horrible institution. I want to say that I've learned a tremendous amount of things about the art world when I was there. But what I did learn and take away is that work does not only operate within the bubble of a Eurocentric lens. What I mean mm -hmm. by that is that oh, you yes. don't only have to work and discern through work through the history of white culture, white history, like Jesus on a painting, yep. uh, a centaur, maybe ripping the clothing out of a girl and her boobs hanging out. Like it just doesn't only have to live in that world or yes. it just doesn't only have to be like an abstract op art painting or just like a cube or a toilet on its side. Like you can have work where it talks about heavy topics like history or culture or oppression or things other than that. And it doesn't mean that you should box yourself in and to say that you're only this type of artist or that your work can only be looked at upon on this lens. Like you, you can really make anything and you shouldn't let other people tell you that you can't investigate your interests otherwise, just because they're saying other people can't access it. Oh, you yes. can access it. And there are other people I'm sure out there that can access your work or are willing to engage with it as well. Exactly. So please, you know, keep that in mind. But that angelic voice y'all hear in the background, no, if y'all hear that other voice that was uh, giving some um, support, we also are joined by another one of my mentees and babies <laughs> because we go way back. Um, this was also another member of the Saturday Academy that we told y'all about. Uh, another member of Esperanza, another person that knew Elaine, but also that knew Martinez, especially, especially Martinez. Um, you know, and so shout out to the shy, actually. It's actually Chicago. So any Chicago people mm -hmm. out there. Um, I know he's currently there. And that's actually where I did a lot of my, we were talking about, uh, you know, when I got hip to political prisoners in Puerto Rico and really running to like join much. So like National Boricua, I was so taken aback when I first went to Chicago and saw that. I wanted to be a part of it. So I know that there's such a rich culture there. So shout out to everyone from there. Um, but yes, they, they're from there. But you, sir, I would love for you to tell the good people. Who are you? A little bit about you. I know you also went to the Cleveland Institute of Art. So we gave the good people some background on that. Oh. But how, who are you and how was your experience there? Uh, well, my name is Aziz Muhammad. Um, right now, I'm a visual artist. Uh, and man, it's been quite a journey. Um, like I'm, I would consider myself a mixed media artist. I work in several different mediums right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, I'm in my own professional practice and I'm working as a resident artist and a studio manager at the Verizon Learning Center at the Earl B. Turner Rec Center. Mm -hmm. um, life is crazy. And it is hectic. <laughs> I literally just came from over there from hosting the third um, installment in a three part series of community meetings surrounded around how we can use our lyrics and our music to empower ourselves, empower our communities, mm. and uh, re-examine how we can use our lyrics to talk about the negative and the positive things that we see in our community and transmute that energy into something that we want to hear. Um, yes, let's so go. That, it was a lot of energy. It was cool. Yep. Hopefully I will be here earlier, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. We'll take you still. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Oh uh, man, but doing but, all that. Yes, doing is so it's 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 a full body experience. It's constantly it's not just 
you're doing your job. You're right. You know, the kids, cause there's, I'm working with kids from the community Yep. Uh, at the center. We're doing uh, community-based projects. I'm helping entrepreneurs with their yep. logos, with their graphic design, clothing lines. We're helping the children develop entrepreneurial businesses that they're actually making money off of. Like right. just sitting down, talking with them like, Hey, what, you know, I have three stipulations. I, I would tell them they can be no illegal activity. <laughs> they have to have a set of goals and right. then they have to have an end or a set of steps to reach their end goal. So that's, that was my criteria. Um, and now, you know, there's a lot of kids who have their own businesses right now, but, uh, mm. for myself, I could definitely attest to what you were talking about, Edward and CIA, like something, I actually went back and I watched the old anxiety video uh, wow. and for some context for our viewers at home. If I watched that video, it would probably make me feel cringe. Yeah. <laughs> I cringe. Just like ang angsty teens making art. <laughs> but you know, we was hollering though, bro. Yeah. We was really spitting. So uh, me and Ed collaborated on this video mm -hmm. piece. It was a, a drawing, painting, and video piece that we titled Anxiety. And basically, we were having uh, part of this conversation from what I he can hear talking mm -hmm. about the gravity of the topics that we're discussing our history our culture the history uh, another part of american history that we don't recognize as american history oh yes the enslavement of our people how our culture has been replaced and taken away from us how we've had our identity replaced by some sort of subsequent subsidy and had all of our heritage our culture, our religion, our way of life, the way we interact with each other, the way we eat, the way we dress, all these things have been taken away from us, commodified and reproduced in a in a way that they've been essentialized and mm. extracted their essence from. So mm -hmm. we're basically Ooh. the same way they do domino sugar. Right. How they take the raw sugar cane and they extract it and they bleach it down and they turn it into white confection or whatever which is just a couple of molecules away from cocaine. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. They do the right. same thing with our, our melanin. They do the same thing with our history and our culture. And that was the main topic of the anxiety piece. So right. we had made a series of drawings and it all started with a big drawing where we drew a seed and the roots had spread out from the seed. But what had bloomed from the seed was just the full blunt of our experience in America as a person of color, as a black person, as being Puerto Rican, like everything right. we're experiencing. So, um, and Ed, I remember that critique and you're right. My, everyone was silent. And a lot of the times whenever we would get up there, people just expected us to just get up there and tell them everything. And yeah. it's like, mm what are we really is this really a discussion is this really a engrossing conversation if we're just going to sit up there and tell you everything that we're talking about like there was no participation and another thing that a lot of our white peers and professors as well were saying is that they felt like they didn't have any access to the work mm -hmm. right. and it's like if there's a lot of artwork that i've seen right. that is eurocentric Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have access or I might I, I could say I don't have access to but all I have to do is just do a little research right on and also I think me personally I feel like that was an excuse because even if you don't have the original context of what's going on you you know we still have eyeballs we still have ears right. so you can discern what you're saying and that's what Absolutely. they teach us at the right. very beginning of year when I was talking about your art history classes like how do you break art down like what 
simply like, what do you see? You know, right. how does that make you feel? What, so that there, there, it's like it's it's to say like you you could still have or come up with your own interpretation of the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. I, in fact, and we would encourage that because right. at the end of the day, you know, me and I can sit up here and talk about whatever artwork artwork is about to we're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, you know, all of our audience, our viewers, our community, just everybody in the whole on the whole planet has their own unique perspective and someone's always going to see something different. Absolutely. In your artwork. And that's the beauty of it. So that's something that I felt like, like I agree with you Ed. I felt like that was lacking in a lot of our discussions when we would talk about uh, things such as living in a diaspora, mm. living as a nation within a nation. That was what a lot of my artwork was talking about. But specifically when I was in CIA, I was talking about the effects of one of environment, the effects of one's environment on your psyche mm-hmm. so i'm directly referencing i'm from east cleveland so hey. directly referencing the effect of my environment in east cleveland how, what effect does that have on the residents thereof and then how does that produce our behaviors and right. ultimately how does that produce a culture that's surrounded around negligence yep. derelict living conditions violence self-violence absolutely and everything else under the sun that you can imagine in a low-income uh, community yeah. and i would get the same silence oh. so not you know not to my surprise or anything but i mean i think it probably comes from a place where a majority of our white peers maybe even some of our professors just didn't know how to just i don't know maybe be human and have a conversation i think maybe a lot of the times they were just tiptoeing around how do I say this and not yep. sound racist? Yeah, and I get canceled. That I think that was like <laughs> their main. How do I say yes. what I want to say without sounding racist or sounding stupid? Or and, sounding, you know. Yeah, that was their main thing. They would yeah. say, oh, well, well, I just didn't say anything because I didn't want to sound ignorant. Mm-hmm. But the irony of that is that you're, you'll remain ignorant until you speak up. So Let's go. Yes. For real. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, so, and I, oh, I was going to say that too. I remember when I came, y'all, and I had to like actually yeah. come in, stepped in yes. on Mama Bear, oh let's go. God. But I was like upset because I was, I had heard some of the similar critiques, you all. And especially like as a fellow Puerto Rican, I was definitely thinking like, this is clear to me. Like I can see what was going on there. And it was also, it was interesting because I think they wanted you to be more clear, I guess, with what exactly Puerto Rico is. But I was like, I'm sorry if we actually, look at the history of Puerto Rico it is confusing as hell so like it is already not clear exactly where it stands it is in a currently very you know limbo place like it's not free it's supposed to be free but it's not it's a colony but it's supposed to be its own independent territory like it's just you know we can't vote for president of the united states but but you still gotta follow whatever the president says but you can still fight in the wars yeah what's good exactly how that's working yeah so just slightly confusing exactly that part so i definitely saw that but i thought it was interesting that yeah i remember adding that in but being like wow am i the only one talking about this because like it felt like that. I was like, so it, that silence, like you said, was it was there, but it was also very loud. And yeah. so, like, wow. for y'all to have experienced that the whole time, I can only imagine, like, you know, what that was even like for you both. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple. You guys, Ed, and Ed, you remember more than I. There's been a couple times where I've blacked out. Like, yeah, yeah. At at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I'm not. We not know. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I have, I'm running on like zero, negative three hours of sleep. Right. I'm not finna sit here and just. You know what I'm saying? Just sit through this torture where people are just not, not going to say nothing. But then when they can come up and they can talk about something that's not really related to that, and I ain't knocking them or nothing. Like, it's just something right. that's more, it could be more related to their process or something more related to, like, uh, 
like a personal investigation of material or environmental yep. stuff. Like I'm or down memes. for all that. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> or memes. Yes. Yes. Memes, bro. We really sitting here talking. Like if that's that, if that's what it's gonna be. Okay, for sure. But like for real, bro. Like y'all, we got more discourse about Drake memes that we can <laughs> oh, yeah. talking about the history. There was more conversation. Up. Yeah. Like or the or talking about um. Our, our environments conditioning us to being enslaved to a certain way of life that makes huge corporations big is just a con, con, like a um a continuation of slavery. Oh yeah. You know? So why are you know you can see the the uh, imbalance and the energy given to each conversation and and like what Edward is saying is like they it it one part of it is feeling like they're not equipped for a conversation like that because that's not absolutely. That's, I wouldn't say that that's not part of our experience because that's a part of everyone's experience directly right. or indirectly. Absolutely. Whether we know it or not. But like not being exposed to that every day and also not caring. Mm-hmm. Well, that part. And I just feel like, too, what I really appreciate about what you mentioned, because that's also kind of like, you know, what the podcast is like. Like, we just try to have different conversations. And I appreciate you mentioning that we it's more helpful if we do have the conversation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think I agree with everything you pointed out. I think that we shy away from them because they are difficult to have. We don't know how exactly to enter the space, like, or others feel that way. And I just feel like, and we do, they do think they're going to make a mistake. Versus, like, I actually would have preferred that you tried. You know, I actually would have applauded your effort. And if you don't know, why? Why don't you just ask you know like ask questions like get to know more so like i think we think that you know by doing that we're not realizing the missed opportunities mm-hmm. to just simply learn you know and to connect more with others and like yeah maybe you don't like maybe the things we just talked about right now some people are like what that's the first time i heard that like so you know i have no idea how i would you know talk about that but start today you know what i mean like and engage someone and the thing is too clearly you both are very generous with what you've done like i don't get the impression that you wouldn't be willing to share information if given that chance <laughs> yes and do it yes and what i love too though is that as artists though i love what you've already shared about what the art has done so there's clearly been messages that you've been trying to communicate you know what i mean and things that you've done and it is mental health awareness month still Mm -hmm. and so like i definitely see a lot of you know interesting connections with you know how we can help others with mental health and i'm just curious too has it been part of like has it been therapeutic for you just engaging in art like how has that been like so yes, either yeah. one. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, like, <laughs> yes. I think in my senior year for that big mural piece that you yes, saw. Yes, absolutely. Oof, uh, art as a tool for helping my helping me with struggles that I was facing, it, it just bettering my mental health was probably I, I couldn't have done it. I, I don't. My body of work. It's the. <laughs> I needed it. Um, yeah, definitely. The, the work, uh, the the making, the art, the process of art making became a release mm. from a lot of the things that I was making. To give a little bit more context, I did a mural piece. I can't really remember the size of this, yeah. but Huge. it was like 20, <laughs> 20, 32 by 22 pieces of paper all assembled Jesus. together to make math. one. Yeah, I don't know what that is. 100 <laughs> inches. But it was a bunch of uh, pe- drawing pieces that assembled together, made a landscape painting of Jauco where I was born. Mm. And it showed the passing of Hurricane Irma and Maria. And with mm. that, I was trying to really capture the sort of how 
beautiful hurricanes are, but how scary they are at the same time. How this was right. a sort of uh, a centrifugal force of nature that is been depicted in Puerto Rico's history through um, uh, Taino glyphs like the hurricane, right. and how this is sort of like a thing that is just like you can't have a conversation about Puerto Rico without having conversations and the sort of mythology of hurricanes. It, right. it was just, you can't have it. It's just one and the same, but at the same time, it, it, it was sort of like, I, I think when I was making that piece, I was having more fun with the process than about the research. Mm -hmm. It was me listening to jazz music, the, the sort of way that, saxophone players like John Coltrane or Kamasi Washington can sort of improvise and let themselves go. Yes. It's like they don't know where they're going to end that next beat. Mm. And, and, and in that way, and, and it was chaotic, but then they sort of found their way home. And with me listening to that, I turned to ink block paintings, mm. wetting the paper and, dipping the ink just ever so slightly to where the ink just takes hold and now i have completely relinquished all control because now i'm at the mercy of the ink just like people are at the mercy of this hurricane mm. you know and it's like Come me on. then drawing it and and it became sort of uh i don't know the word for it there's like a specific word but it's just like a repetitive symbol that i just kept drawing over and over again uh yeah it became a motif um and it, it helped me at a time when these hurricanes were passing and I had no, lost all communication and contact with my family. Yes. Wow. And, and it was months before we were able to have a phone call with them. And it was the fear of if we ever got a phone call, is it them or is it someone telling us that they passed away? You know, it, it was that delicate balance and, it, it, and right. the work became, you know, my my way of sort of dealing and talking about those emotions, at least for me and BFA. For now, I think the work has sort of tech, like the the history and the research sort of took, took a back seat. I don't think that I'm trying not to at least focus on trying to over explain myself. It, mm -hmm. it became more just like, let's just play. Because I think that's probably one of the things that I've forgotten to do while I was at CIA, to make work for fun. I think I was leaning on that towards my senior year, though I may not have known that so much, but it, it became more just like play, play with these yeah. colors, put this pink with the cyan blue, draw these little characters, you know, and, and, and it, it became a release for me. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Same for you, Aziz, or how was that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I remember when you showed me how to do those ink blots. Oh, man. Fun times. <laughs> I still be doing them. Like that changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like the whole experience, um, just becoming involved. Well, I'm sorry. What was the question? Yeah. Well, the mental health piece. Like, if it's also therapeutic oh, yeah, for you yeah. actually oh, yeah. to participate in art, it it's like ninety percent. <laughs> there you therapy. go. Like, yeah. the artwork is the other ten percent. Like, mm -hmm. that's what you get out of it. Like the whole process and like the importance of. Uh, creating art uh, with community too. Right. Like we had each other like that. You right. know, as an artist, ultimately you're gonna go down whatever path that you do with your artistic practice, your focus, and yep. what you want to talk about in your work. But yep. to have community, to have people there who will can actually relate to what you're talking about. Like I don't right. know if you've ever had a conversation with somebody where you're talking to them 
right and you're saying cohesive words right. and your sentences are complete and and they're just like uh-huh yeah and they totally disregard which that's happened to me so many times yeah it's still happening now to this day ever has seen it firsthand mm -hmm. right so to be able to have that community and it's be like very it's very uh like twilight zone almost yeah right like are we i literally yeah. I'm like i'm like are we watching a movie right now like is this really happening like did i just really like so yeah absolutely um and the therapy of being able to allow yourself that play and to allow yourself to be a beginner and be okay with being a beginner and not stigmatize your failure right is so important and it's like the key thing to making artwork for me personally because if you just keep cranking out um art to satisfy other people and you're not nourishing your soul right then you know you're not what are you really making is that something that you could feel invested in and if i was ever got to a point like that when i was in school i stopped and i take a step back and i'm like this is not making me happy mm. you know people would want me to render yeah like realistically they would want me to make paintings that were super highly rendered super realistic but i'm like i don't really feel like doing that like i can do it me me and ed can do it everybody could do it but like right. not everybody but me and ed are capable of doing that it's just i want to examine something that speaks to me of course that, yeah. that speaks to your heart and nourishes your soul so i say yeah absolutely like that was the main thing that was getting me through you know and mm -hmm. it's not just the artwork as well it's like i said it's building community having people who you can talk your your ideas over with because you can't just live on a rock on an island by yourself that's not how the world works it's not everything not we to. do is connected you know everything that part. the clothes that we're wearing right now but micro someone built this probably like on the other side of this planet and we're able or the camera that's recorded like all the everything is connected and that was something that's actually something that i learned at cia that uh to not live in a bubble because i think something they tried to encourage us to think is that um they would always say a lot of our professors would always say before you get into the real world and i'm like no this is the real world it's right. always been the real world <laughs> yeah um, exactly so, we live in it right now yeah exactly so yeah absolutely um Definitely. To, to make artwork freely was definitely something that boosted, you know, helped maintain my mental health. And it was therapeutic the whole way through. I love it. Yeah. And okay, so can y'all see why, like, I'm so proud of my babies? <laughs> Doing the thing um, and all that. And I was going to let you add. I was also going to say, though, um, another, you know, last final thought that I was wondering that you all can share is, and with that being said, what would you like your art to create in the future? Like, what are you hoping, like, how would you like to touch people later? Like, I know that's what it did for you before, but like, how, you know, what would you like it to do for you later on? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I definitely want my artwork to facilitate discussions, conversations that are stigmatized about our mental health um, and to be able to create safe spaces where people can talk about, specifically people of color who, have, mm -hmm. who don't have safe spaces to talk about things that are going on in our lives that are so serious but also stigmatize like our mental right. health or being victims of abuse mm -hmm. or being uh, uh, in situations, relationships where you're being manipulated, like just everything, anything that you can imagine that is uh, a stigmatized conversation. Because a lot of the times we notice in black and brown families, when we have issues like this, uh, things get swept under the rug. Right. 
And then we end up carrying these traumas with us throughout our whole life. And, you you know, I'm starting to see that a lot of people in our generation, like we're a lot of the first in our generation to try to break those cycles and break those curses because we're relearning how to to live. We're relearning how to exist. And we're breaking free of having been enslaved for 500 years. Right. So that's the way I want. No small feet. Ain't that crazy? (laughs) And it's big shoes to fill. Yeah, amen. So that's that's what I want my artwork to do to facilitate those conversations and to also promote love for ourselves, black and brown love for us to 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 shake that hate off. You know, Mm -hmm. always. What about what about for you, Ed? Yeah, um, I honestly really don't know. I think that I I know that. Career-wise, I still want to make work. I still want to make art. But I think that I actually want to go into art therapy. Mm. Now, I know that um, while I was a TI, I think the the point of it is to teach you how to make work in a sort of a, a, a way to make a living off of it, engage with galleries, sell work. But I don't know if... That is where my heart is at. I don't know if my heart is going to galleries and that being my only source of income. I think that for me, I want to make work that can cause, that can help heal people, I think. Yes. I don't know if that's through color. I mean, I quite recently I had a show uh, at the Beck Center for the Arts, and I, I um, was um, Ed Gallagher. The I think he was the curator for that show, um, but um, he had approached me during the uh, opening of the show, um, where he had said a young lady had just purchased one of my artworks, um, and had a very visceral, emotional response to it. I mean, the young lady was crying, and she said that she saw the work, and she just had a very, very um, just like a, a tough time before she had got to the gallery and it, it helped her um, sort of feel better. Mm. And that to me was more important than selling the work. And, and I, I think that I want to be more a facilitator of people to dig deeply into their psyche and into their subconscious and use art as a tool to um, deconstruct some of that, peel the onion back do the work that needs to be done internally um, so that they can live much more fruitful and happier lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, that to me is where, where I want to go with my work. And if my work just does that, then fine. But I, I more want to be the guide, to be honest, that that's really what, what fires me up more. It's, it's tell me about yourself. What, what, what what's happening? You know, um, draw that for me. It doesn't have to be a drawing. It'd be a poem. It could be a song. It could be anything, a tap dance, anything, you know, and, and, how do we how do we start to to parse these pieces out and 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 build a, a much more um, a much more uh, like a clearer portrait of who you think you are, mm-hmm. what you can be, you know, um, with these different things that are within you. And so, Oof, goodness gracious, yeah. I love so, that. So that, that, yeah. that's what I yeah. Love. 
<laughs> Harbor Ride, yes, I love it. And then, I mean, and I agree because I feel like, especially with everything that you mentioned, like igniting your passions and also connecting that to your purpose and just all of those things and everything you mentioned too. You didn't mention all the topics on the show, so I appreciate that. Uh-huh. But like, you know, it's true. Like, I feel like there's so much value to that, you know, and being able to like dive deeper into that. But like art is an incredible way to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and knowing that we all possess and we all have creative like energy. I know some people are like, no, art. I like, I can't do that. Or like, I don't know how to tap into that. But it's like, it's also not realizing that we all have strengths, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. a matter of bringing that out. And we all have the ability to express ourselves in one way or another. So it's really just tapping into that and bringing that out further. And I just feel like, as y'all can see, this is why I could talk to them all day, every day. You know what I'm saying? And we actually do. We always have our little uh, meetups, which I love. Oh, I love when y'all reach out like it's time y'all for dinner. Check in, you know what I'm saying? We're going to have our little meal. We're going to do that after this. No? <laughs> exactly. And all that. Um, but I mean, I could keep y'all all day. I know we all limited time. So I just want to make sure that, um, could you also let the good people, and of course y'all are just gonna have to come back. So just know okay. that, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna have to have more conversations, but I also want to emphasize that as I mentioned, I love, love seeing this, right? Like students that I got to have some impact on and now they're doing this incredible work. Like y'all, y'all don't understand that as educators, this is all we want to see. You know what I'm saying? It's just this kind of success story and just, and knowing that they're doing things that they love to do, you know what I mean? And that they are providing such an impact because you get to see that, like, but to see them bring it out and them see them for themselves, that's like everything. You know what I mean? To me, I also love that y'all were the first males on the show. So, you know, shout out to that. So, uh, um, and y'all heard from males that like mental health is important. You know what I'm saying? So this is, Oh, yeah. just me as a woman mm-hmm. saying that you know you're hearing that from you all and so if you had any last advice before you tell the good people how to find you what a uh, little tidbit would you want to share with the good people don't be ashamed of sleeping <laughs> what exactly <laughs> get them naps in <laughs> or resting oh yes your heart is not for rent or for sale or Ooh. for free your energy is precious mm-hmm. treat it so Come on. All right. Where's the wisdom? Listen here. And if people would like to, you know, find you, especially a healer over here and as well as the relationship builder, (laughs) but also like guru of all these things that you do. How could if people wanted to connect, how could they uh, reach out to y'all? You first. I am on Instagram. Uh Oh, follow. No, (laughs) Uh, but y'all should come down to the early Turner Rec Center um, and check out the Verizon Learning Center. That's where I'm stationed at. Nice. And. Yeah, that our whole focus there is to build community to help people understand how to use STEM technology and mm-hmm. to empower ourselves through that technology, start businesses, and just for it to be a safe space for us to build community and talk to each other in like a loving right. manner. It's in in the heart of a community that has so many different uh issues and things that we know we can change if we just band together so come on absolutely yes yes Yes. and if you ain't local look it up you know what i'm saying support donate (laughs) i mean do that what about you sir so you can follow me on instagram it's local art healer underscore all together all lowercase and yeah that's where you can find me i post all my work there um definitely check out the stories because that's usually where i feel like i try to have a little bit of fun where i combine the work with some music that i'm listening to that influences the work that's always been a part of the process so really cool to watch the the stories and look at the artwork as well 
do it. Yeah. And yes, and I appreciate you as always for tuning in for y'all for being on. Come on now, like yes, absolutely. Um, and so yeah, definitely tap in y'all because I mean, like I said, this is super important. But also, if it if it sparked anything for you, if you were like, yes, this is like reminding me why I need to tap more into that. Not only your mental health, but also your art, y'all. You know what I mean? Definitely do not let that get neglected. You know, with all the things that we're doing, we already live in a world where we don't get a chance to do that freely all the time. So like, you know, this is your reminder. Dust that off. You know what I'm saying? Get that back out. Get that canvas out. You know what I'm saying? That maybe you had, hadn't, and again, what or whatever it may look like. Maybe it's music for you, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, writing something down. Get the journal that you haven't touched in a couple months. Um, sure. Whatever it may be, but definitely tap in and continue to rock with us. And I appreciate you for rocking with us with all those things and continuing with the conversations, which we're going to continue to have. Y'all got ideas? Reach out to any of us. Um, but thank you as always for tuning in and being part. Thank you.